0: Hiya, everyone! Welcome back or welcome to the Life is Lori podcast. I am your host, Lori Sino, and this is the second episode of the Life is Lori podcast. This week's episode is going to be on my journey to a diagnosis. Now, some of you may already know and some of you may not know, but if you did listen to episode one, you should know that I am bipolar. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder almost two years ago. I have bipolar one. I'll discuss the difference between bipolar 1 and bipolar 2 in a little bit. This episode is going to be all about my journey being undiagnosed, starting in high school when I had my first manic episode, all the way through college, and even now into my early adult life. You're going to learn a little bit about what I've gone through, the manic episodes that I've had to endure, and what I've learned. Because I have to, I do need to state that I am not a medical professional. Everything I'm saying in this podcast is just informational and for educational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice or consultations. Thank you. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty that is my bipolar disorder and my organized mess of a life, I do want to mention that I'm not trying to get pity from this I'm not trying to give you guys my sob story I'm not trying to make you guys feel bad for me because I've I've gained a lot from this experience and I've become who I am because of it um I do want to say that I want people to be able to relate to this I want people to be able to get an understanding of mental health from this and I want to be able to create a platform where we can start discussing mental health openly now let's have an honest moment about this podcast episode I took about a week off of recording because I was scared and I was nervous about sharing my story with everyone because it puts me in such a vulnerable spot and that in itself is such a triggering thing for me with bipolar disorder, so I really had to regroup and make sure that I was ready to record this podcast episode. So now that I'm ready, um, let's start with some basic questions about bipolar disorder, for instance are you born with bipolar disorder? So the answer to that is that it's frequently inherited. Inherent. I can't say the word. Inherited. (laughs) Genetic factors account for approximately 80% of the cause of the condition, even though bipolar disorder is most likely a psychiatric disorder, but it's be passed down by family. Another question that people have is like, what's the main cause of bipolar disorder? And although it's, genetic factors as well. Bipolar disorder is widely believed to be the result of chemical imbalances in the brain. So a big thing that people struggle with with bipolar disorder is having to be medicated for the rest of their lives because it is a chemical imbalance. It's not something you can just go in and fix. You have to balance it out. And one of the only ways that we know how to do that right now is through medication. Question number three, who can develop bipolar disorder? and when can you develop it? So the answer to that is that anyone can develop bipolar disorder, although it's most likely those that have a genetic background or genetic factors, anyone can develop bipolar disorder. It's commonly developed between the ages of 15 and 19, and then they say that it rarely develops after the age of 40. Also the second most frequent age range is onset uh, 20 to 24 years old. And then they say that people that are diagnosed with recurrent major depression often have bipolar disorder and don't go on to develop their first manic episode until they're over 50. Some other questions people have about bipolar disorder is if it gets worse with age, and the answer to that is yes, it does, if it's left untreated. Um, Other people question whether or not you can have normal relationships, if you can actually truly love somebody, and that's all possible through stabilizing bipolar disorder as in taking your medication on your daily basis going to therapy seeking help when needed um I think that for me personally I've learned that what I seek in relationships is different now that I'm medicated and going to therapy I seek somebody who's doing the same not necessarily medicated but somebody who is bettering themselves mentally and um going to therapy, most likely, or at least trying to be a better version of themselves. Something interesting that I learned about bipolar disorder that a lot of people don't know is that it actually causes damage to the brain. People with bipolar disorder have a decreased brain size with each manic episode, so their gray matter in their brain of the people with bipolar disorder is destroyed with each manic and depressive episode. So I thought that was insane just because your brain is literally destroying itself with every episode that you're left untreated. And I went through about five episodes untreated. So that just makes me wonder what's going on with my brain. And that's a little scary to think about. Another thing that's commonly spoken about with bipolar disorder is memory problems. So we have problems or trouble with short and long term memory. I personally joke that I am a Dory all the time, it rhymes with my name Lori, and also it's just true. Bipolar 1 versus Bipolar 2. So they are very similar, but the difference is that Bipolar 1 involves periods of severe mood episodes from mania to depression, while those with Bipolar 2 disorder have a milder form of mood elevation, including episodes of hypomania that alternate with periods of severe depression. So to put it in an easier terms, that basically just means that people with bipolar 1 have extreme manic episodes while people with bipolar 2 have hypomanic episodes. So they're not as severe, but they still happen. So now that we have some background information about bipolar disorder, let's go into my journey of being undiagnosed. My cycles were pretty cyclic. They normally started with me quitting my job or school. I would leave school when I was in college multiple times because of my manic episodes and then I would move somewhere so I'd move back home when I was in college or I would change schools when I was in high school and once I started working I would leave to Puerto Rico for like a month or two I always ended up moving or traveling at some point after quitting my job or quitting school now during this time period is when I was manic I would spend a lot of money I would think that I was invincible, so anything that I wanted to do, I could do. I had no regard for responsibilities whatsoever. I was recently chatting with an old friend, and I wrote out this message to her, and so I'm going to read part of it to you guys. I wrote that I'm overproductive, I'm super hyper, I feel like I'm on top of the world, invincible almost. Nothing can stop me mentally. I usually detach from the two best friends that I have and party a lot, overly so. I normally quit my job and travel, spending a lot of money and basically destroying my life and having to start over once I hit the depression stage, where I'm a hot mess of self-loathing because I ruined everything from where I lived to where I worked. I'm not sure if that explains enough, but hopefully this helps a bit. And that's literally how I feel when I'm manic. I'm invincible. I'm able to do whatever the hell I want. I'm super productive in the sense where I come up with these amazing ideas. Like At one point, I wanted to build a tiny home, and I was talking to people who set up trailers for it I came up with the idea of this podcast while manic which is kind of funny but I thought it was an amazing idea and wanted to continue through with it but I also end up in my major depressive cycles my spiral downs and those are some of the worst times of my life where I'm literally in a self-loathing pit of just why did I do all of this? Why did I party so much? Why did I spend all this money? Why did I quit my job? Why did I travel to wherever I went and spent all that money? And it just, it's really, really down in, the like, the dumps. My first manic episode happened in high school. Now I could go on and on about the craziness that was my freshman year of high school, but we're not going to do that. And I'm just going to generalize what happened. I was being bullied, and uh, I had a lot of drama happening at school, and I couldn't handle it. I shut down really hard, and I basically applied to New Dimensions High School, which is the high school I ended up graduating from, without telling my mom. I forged her signature, and she got a call from the school, and they were like, hey, your daughter got accepted, we'd love to have her, and basically my mom had to be like, and I need to talk to my daughter. I have no idea what you're talking about. And she calls me, and she's like, what's happening? What's going on? And I was like, look at my Facebook. Like, you'll see, like, I'm going through shit at my school, and I don't want to be there anymore. And I decided to apply for another school. So my mom was like, okay, like, we're doing it. You'll switch schools. And it was around Valentine's Day, I remember, because... Uh, My sister at the time was like, what the hell, like, that's so messed up that you're just leaving us. She understood, eventually, and it was the best decision I made for me at the time, I thought. When in reality, what was happening is that I was running away from my problems, and I was going through a manic episode of changing everything and starting over with this, like, new idea and this fresh spot And um, I joined everything at this new school from yearbook to the sports teams to being a stage manager for the musical theater class that I had just joined. Like, it was insane what I was doing um, to compensate for my unstable brain. So with. The years of therapy that I've had, I've been able to realize that a big trigger for my bipolar disorder is losing control of a situation, which is exactly what happened in high school. I went from having everything that I thought I wanted to having absolutely nothing. So I'm going to read an excerpt from a book that I'm writing to kind of give you guys an idea of how I felt. I can remember feeling so lost. Sure, I was hurt, but I got over things quick. I've always had thick skin. It wasn't the betrayal or the mean words or the heartbreak that really got me. It was the fact that I no longer had control over so many aspects of my life. I went from knowing and being friends with so many people to being alone. I had a boyfriend to then not having one. I had a routine at school for lunch and after class and suddenly I was expected to go home and do nothing. What was my world had shifted abruptly and I wasn't sure how to cope. Actually, I honestly couldn't cope, so I ran. I pushed restart and left everything that I thought I had wanted behind in the process. Now my second manic episode didn't really happen until my freshman year of college. I was dating a guy who I was madly in love with and I broke it off because I got this rush of mania where I wanted to try everything. I wanted to be a part of everything. I wanted to dip my toes in all the waters. So in order to do that, I thought I needed to break up with my boyfriend at the time. So I did that, and in that process, I ended up doing a lot of drugs, alcohol, and having sex with a lot of strangers. The breakup shifted so much for me. Although I was the one that initiated it, the heartbreak was so deep that I turned to vices I wish I had never laid hands on. I started drinking and never stopped. I got into pills that I shouldn't have ever touched. I started sleeping with strangers in hopes I'd feel something remotely close to the realness I felt with him. I was trying to replace something I couldn't, and I started to fall down a rabbit hole of alcohol, drugs, and sex, and slowly became addicted to feeling nothing. To this day, I question my decision. What is clear is that I know that I broke my own heart and his that day, and the reason I became an addict is because I fell into a manic episode. Now you might be wondering, addicted? Question mark. Well, that's what I would say I ended up being. I'm not really sure how to start this conversation with you, but I do know that I should start this conversation. Do I talk about the surgery that gave me the drugs that I started with? Do I talk about how college was the gateway to all things addiction? Either way, I wanna say that it's my own personal account experience of drugs and alcohol. And I'm sure everyone has their own stories and maybe even their own limits. But mixed with an unstable mental state, my consequences were graver than most. On top of that, I wasn't aware that I was bipolar. My next two manic episodes are pretty similar. I was in college and fell in love, broke up, and would go home. I would drop out of the semester like nothing, spend all that money, rack up student loans. Usually I'd end up in PR at some point, traveling, and then I would make up my mind with family about how school was the right decision, and I would go back. By the third time that this happened, I decided that going back was the wrong idea and this was in July 2016 where I decided to go into the workforce instead. Now a big side note for my bipolar disorder is when things are going well and I'm getting promotions or I'm moving up and I'm changing my atmosphere, I don't really go into manic episodes which is what happens when i got into the job force i started as a front desk agent shortly after i became a supervisor shortly after that i became an assistant manager and then i was transferred to housekeeping assistant manager so i moved up pretty well in the three years that i was working at this job but it wasn't until i became a housekeeping assistant manager that i dealt with inconsistencies bad atmosphere and things that caused me to lose control of my situation My manic episode began and I started job hunting. I started doing everything in my power to find a new job. And I did, I found a job at a pet resort. So I put in my two weeks and I said I was leaving and everybody was just so shocked. And everybody was like, are you sure you're making the right decision? Is this this really what you wanna do? And I was like, yeah, this is what I want. I'm just gonna leave and start at this new pet resort job that is gonna pay me so much less um i don't even know what i was thinking i just thought i guess dogs and it would be so much fun so i did it at the time i was living with a roommate in winter garden and um i don't even know how i thought i could afford living there with four dollars less an hour um but i figured it out and i did until January came around and I went into another manic episode where I started spending money on things that I shouldn't. I started partying a lot. I started, or actually stopped paying my bills, (laughs) um, including rent. I would tell her like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to be a week late. And that was just because I had spent all my money on alcohol and drugs that I couldn't afford to pay my rent. Towards the end of my time at the pet resort, I cashed out my 401k from when I worked at the hotel and decided that I was going to go on a vacation. Um, So I put in my two weeks and I quit. And this was around January 2019. Um, I don't know what normal person would ever put in two weeks and go on a two month long vacation with 401k money, but I did that and I left. Florida, and I went to Puerto Rico for two months, and while I was there I just realized that what I was doing wasn't normal, that the patterns I had created in my life were not normal, that something was clearly off balance, that something was clearly wrong, and that I needed to get help, I needed to talk to somebody, I needed to figure out what was wrong with me. And I got really dark while in Puerto Rico. I remember that I would sleep in and my grandmother would just be so worried about me. And I would wake up and I'd go in the hammock chair or I'd go in the little swing chair that we had and I would just knock out for hours in the middle of the day. Um, The weather in Puerto Rico is amazing, by the way, especially in February and March. But (laughs) that's besides the point. Now, when I came back, this was about a couple weeks before the pandemic started and I came back and got diagnosed and started medication. And about two weeks later, the pandemic started. I don't think it takes any words to state how insane this was. And I'm sure everybody's pandemic has been insane, but being diagnosed and basically being told like, Hey, you have a lifelong disability. That will forever be with you. Um, but also, while you're dealing with this, like you can't do anything with your life. Like, I had a therapist and then I had no therapist. I had a psychiatrist and then I had no psychiatrist. Um, telehealth hadn't started yet. So it was just really insane. And at the same time, I went sober. I was sober for six months and I was seeing my therapist every two weeks for those six months. I saw my psychiatrist every month for those six months, um, and I am officially on my medication plan. I see my therapist about once a month every two months now, um, and things are good. Things are okay. I still feel my manic episodes. Um, I've gone through two since I've been medicated. Uh, one was really bad, and I, I felt that shit hard, and it's, it's such a weird feeling being medicated and being manic. But we're grateful for being medicated because without my medication I have no idea where I would be right now. I can positively say that because of that I've been able to hold stable jobs since then. I am in my job now, fingers crossed, hopefully getting a promotion because I'm medicated. I am able to save money and be responsible with my money because I'm medicated. And I am so grateful for that. I didn't think that I'd ever want to be on medication. And I struggled with it so hard when I first started. I even wrote about it. And I'll read you guys like a small poem that I wrote when I first got on medications and stopped for some reason. I can't remember the reason I stopped. I think it was just a matter of like the fact that I had to rely on something to keep me sane just destroyed me. So this is what I wrote. So I stopped my meds. I thought nothing of it, but they seeked revenge. I went about my life as though things would be okay. I had plans to stay sane, but my meds wanted different. I felt defeated and broken, dependent on something so small. I feel alone and low hoping things will get better. I know my meds are the answer, but I wish it wasn't. I now depend on a pill, so I won't be so distant. Who knew something so small could have so much power? And to be honest, I still feel this way. I still wonder how two small pills can have so much power over me. Um, and I struggle with it still. I talk to my therapist about it still. I, When I talk to people who have been diagnosed or people who are going through diagnosis right now and talk about medication, I always say like it's probably the hardest part about being bipolar is relying on something that is so small to make such a huge difference in your life. As we come to an end, I hope that this has given you insight on my life and my diagnosis. I hope that it's given you hope for a future with your diagnosis, if you have one. And for those of you who don't, I hope that it's given you an insight and a look into the life of someone with a diagnosis. I appreciate everybody who's taken the time to listen to this podcast and be a part of my life and be a part of the Life as Lori podcast. And I want to give a huge shout out to my sister, my mom, my brother, and my sister-in-law for supporting me through the last couple of years because I know it hasn't been easy. That being said, if you yourself are struggling, have any questions, want to talk to anybody, I am here at Life is Lori on Instagram. Thanks again for listening and catch you on the next one. Because I have to, I do need to state that I am not a medical professional. Everything I'm saying in this podcast is just informational and for educational purposes only and does not substitute professional medical advice or consultations. Thank you.